When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Happer and Shaper. He says I take no joy in life. I can see that. Coming at you live from Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Why? Why are you yelling at me? Whatever. Make me a bicycle clown. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Connor Happer. You might want to look away for this. Mike Shaper. My boy's wicked smart. This is Happer and Shaper. Welcome back in, 9 o'clock hour of Happer and Schaefer here at 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Connor Happer, Mike Schaefer with you. Happy Friday. Max Olson will join? Yeah, we got a text out. Great. At 9.30. And uh, Chris Basnett at 10.30. People do forget Nebraska basketball has a game on Sunday. Uh, they play, coincidentally, Kansas State. Uh, but it's in basketball. What? Do you think Adrian Martinez will be at the game? Oh, that would be fun. Do you think he'll be wearing his purple hoodie? Purple shirt? A uh what if he wore a Nebraska State jersey where it's just like Oh yeah, like split. the Nebranoi kid? Yeah. That would be really funny. Yeah. He should do that. <laughs> I would enjoy that. <laughs> he should actually do that. And then uh people are still wondering if there's going to be a USA Today article or something like that today. I have no idea. USA Today will exist today. Will it have a Nebraska story? We do not know. We do not know. Or a college basketball-related story? It sure could. We also do not know. Uh, Somebody asked earlier from Twitter when we were talking about the the whole Danny Busboom thing, and you completely botched it, but it's okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) At Nostradumass on Twitter, which is a great Twitter handle. Uh, Dan, he asked, so does Danny Busboom eventually replace Cook? No, I, it doesn't look like it at this point. I, I think the kind of you might have your coach in waiting and associate head coach. He's, uh, it, yeah, Tyler Hildebrand. Tyler Hildebrand isn't uh, the isn't he the associate head coach? Right he is now? the associate yeah. head coach for Nebraska. Uh, started in January of 2020. Um, he was an assistant coach in 2017 when they won a national championship, um, and then he spent two years as a director of coaching for the U.S. volleyball beach national team program. Uh, so he's also involved with Nebraska's um, beach volleyball as well. Um, it it really feels like he was kind of brought back to kind of get to spend a couple more years as Cook sort of rides out 
however long he wants to yeah, go. He's definitely getting close to the end. I, I mean, he he hasn't necessarily signaled that yeah, before. He's Sixty-five. Yeah. I mean, and there was I mean there was talk of John Cook as the AD. Yeah. Um, you know, as recent as uh, this past summer, and there seemed to be interest on his part of it. And we had heard, uh, you know, Steve Sipple was writing about that, and and we talked about it, you know, on this show and and on his show. Um, I I suspect that Hildebrand is is going to be Nebraska's next uh, head coach, and and that's why he was kind of brought back to be in that position. Obviously, John Cook and and um. One of the the remarkable things about him is how he's sort of grown out a giant coaching tree. Yeah, I mean the the head coach at Illinois, yeah. the head coach at Old Miss, the head coach at Louisville. I think there's a couple other ones in there. Plenty of assistants. He does a great job of bringing people a lot in. Of, a lot of just ambassadors of the sport yeah. that are kind of just around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think there's a reason why they call it Nebraska, kind of the the center, the epicenter of the volleyball world. It's that's a big reason why. There's a lot of strands of Nebraska yeah. around the world of volleyball. Did you know the legendary Penn State coach spent a year as an assistant at Nebraska in 1978? Russ Rose? Yeah. I did not. I looked that up yesterday. Uh, for some reason, Shelby was asking if John Cook and Russ Rose had ever coached together. And I looked it up, and he, in 1978, was the defensive specialist assistant for Nebraska volleyball while he was getting his master's at Nebraska. And they had two teams at that time, and he was in like the coach of one of them. I don't. They had like a JV team. It was very different. Nineteen seventy eight, very different time in the world, I suppose. But um, yeah. yeah, like Nebraska's connections to all things volleyball are are they run very deep. And John Cook's connections across the sort of volleyball landscape, because he he allows his assistant coaches to have so much input. I mean, if you watch during a game. Tyler Hildebrand is up there directing oh, yes. things. Yeah, a lot. He, he's the most noticeable coach. Yeah. on the sideline. And before him, it was you know any number of former assistants. Like this is what John Cook he allows kind of those assistants during games to really have a big role, and that sets them up to ultimately be head coaches elsewhere. Yep. So, um, you know, if you compare this to like if if John Cook, if, if Terry Pettit is Bob Devaney, and John Cook is Tom Osborne. One of the things about Tom Osborne oh, do is this. there didn't feel like there was a giant coaching tree of like people because he they all stayed they wanted to continue to work with him yeah they didn't go off places so there's there's a little bit of a difference there in sort of like John Cook has populated volleyball with all of these different head coaches and Nebraska football and Tom Osborne did it in a little bit different of a fashion yeah but there's just not that direct tree I thought you were gonna go further down the line and be like who's the oh, Frank God. who's no, the Frank I'm Solich not, I'm not. Not ever calling Tyler Hildebrand Frank Solich or whoever it would be. That would be completely erroneous. It is. It's. It's notable that is, that is the similarities between. By the way, Pettit, Devaney, Cook. Yeah, Osborne. not exactly. I mean, they're they're there though. Yeah, I mean, definitely there. It, it is interesting to think about Nebraska volleyball in that light, and and kind of think about. I, I, kind of an awkward time, I suppose, because they're about to play a national championship tomorrow. But bi- from a big picture perspective, you're right about that, Schaefer. They they have kind of fostered this environment. They've created this this world, and it's it's a newer kind of emerging <coughs> sport. So that is that is a little bit different about it as well. But I, there wouldn't be any shortage of candidates to look around who have already kind of ex- who have already experienced Nebraska. I mean that was kind of the difference after 
after T.O. called it quits, it was like, yeah, there's there's a lot of people who want the job. It's the best job in the country at the moment or one of the best jobs in the country at the moment. But, like, can we get someone who could continue it on the same way, who is qualified and, and like, would do it, you know, and it's and they would take it to the next level. Like, right? Um, and there wouldn't be any shortage of those for Nebraska volleyball either. Right yeah. now. Yeah, I mean the, the the options are are definitely out there, and um, it would be if we didn't kind of have this inclination that it's going to be your current assistant coach, associate head coach in Tyler Hildebrand, then it would be really sort of fascinating if it you know would it automatically be Danny Busboom, who's now it's sort of at the top of I think her that'd game. be a good pick. <laughs> It'd be hard to argue. <laughs> it would be hard to argue. Um, so that's the tricky part about like. I mean, the whole world's at your fingertips, right? You you could go any direction you want with it, um, but there's a certain pressure in that, and that's you have to be pretty meticulous in the way you. It, it's just like what we were talking about from a recruiting perspective earlier. I mean, Nebraska could get any any girl they want in the country to come play volleyball here, you know, in theory. But they have to be a little bit more selective, and sometimes it does end up where they get the you know in the last recruiting class they got the what one two four and five players in the country or whatever it is, and sometimes it does work out that way. But you go down the list a little bit, and you got to be selective about the people that you're bringing into your program, and that is um, what they'll have to do when they select their ne- next head coach eventually, whenever that is. Cook can say as long as he wants, though. Yeah, that'll be uh, <laughs> no, nobody's forcing him out the door. That's for sure. I- I suspect, much like Tom Osborne had the opportunity to, John Cook will be involved in selecting his yeah. successor. Yeah, uh, I don't. Which he should be. I don't think it'll just be a Trev Alberts gather, gathers the gang together and they choose the next head coach. I think that there will be a lot of um, John Cook involvement. Yeah, he should be. Yep, he should be. Um, all right, so Nebraska volleyball once again Saturday night at six thirty, playing for the national championship against Wisconsin. We we had a bigger conversation about the team and um the game last night the match last night uh to start off the show so if you'd like to listen to that you can check out the podcast page that'll be up shortly here the ticket fm.com uh i have you weren't here last week when i debuted this for the first time but i have big 10 basketball power rankings with tears mike schaefer i i don't have them so this is all you can i react to your tears you can all right i can do that I think that the number one team in the conference is still Purdue, even though uh, they did lose that game at Rutgers on that ridiculous shot by um, why uh, Ron Harper, Ron Harper Jr. Um, but they're still the number one team for me. I I always pull the stats, and, and we're going to keep these updated on the on a weekly basis, so we can kind of know where they're at. Their Ken Palm rating is four adjusted offense one, best in the country. Uh, and adjusted defense is 41. Purdue is um, really, really, really good, and and as always, they're very, very sound. They're still the top team in the Big Ten uh, for me. They are joined by two other teams in the top tier. Ohio State, who owns that win over Duke, um, and their only losses are both top 30 losses at Xavier and against Florida on a neutral floor. Um, they are 14th on Ken Palm, 9th in adjusted offense, 50th and adjusted defense um that's a that's a really good team with a quality quality win on their home floor as of right now 
Um, so I have them at number two. Michigan State's number three. This smells like a Michigan State team that's going to be uh, really a tough out in March. Really a tough out in March. They're very, very good on the defensive end, and they're going to get there on the offensive end with their youth. Um, they're 9-2 and two right now. They are 41st in adjusted offense and 6th in adjusted defense. That's their top. That's top tier. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. I, I can't argue with any of those. I guess the first thing that comes to my mind is EJ Lydell the best player in the conference? Is that who you would have on? Like, if if, if you were to try to make a guess as to who would win the the award for for best player this season in the Big Ten conference, my guess at this point would be Jaden Ivy. Okay, how close would Lydell be to that? Uh, he'd be on like the first team. You yeah. know, he's so good. He's really really good. Um, and he like his the jump from last year to this year. It, Ohio State's weird for me because I don't ever like when I think of like the best Big Ten basketball teams. For some reason, I don't think of Ohio State in the same way as I think of like Michigan and some of these other ones. Even though Ohio State last year was like a top ten team for most of the season. Yeah, they have. Um, so they they keep track of this on Ken Palm, the uh, like the all conference players. They keep track of it as the year goes along. Here's what they have right now: Liddell. Uh, Travion Williams from Purdue, Trace Jackson Davis, mm, Trace Ke- Jackson Davis, Keegan Murray, who's been really good at Iowa this year, and then Edie from Purdue, the nine foot guy that they always have. <laughs> I mean, they—that's what makes Purdue so difficult. They have both of those guys, and then Ivy on top of that, and they're surrounded with shooters. Like they're kind of bulletproof at this point. Not to Rutgers, not to Rutgers for I some suppose. reason. Yeah, uh, so that's the top tier, uh, the way I see it right now. Second tier, th- this is where it gets kind of funky, and I think you can kind of order these teams whichever way you want to. Um, Michigan, Illinois, and Wisconsin are in this kind of second realm. They could still, you know, they're still going to have really good years, but they're probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 12 or 13 conference wins, where I think the top group is probably, you know, closer to 15, 16, 17. 
something like that. Uh, Michigan, Illinois, Wisconsin. Michigan is 19th on Ken Palm. Illinois is 17th, and Wisconsin is 36th right now. Uh, but Wisconsin's been Wisconsin's been surprisingly good, and they're a, they're the type of team that's going to just continue to get better as the as the year goes along. Next year is the biggest one. Iowa, who has had a nice start, and they're led by a freshman who's going to be, you know, borderline lottery pick, first round draft pick, and Keegan Murray. Indiana has had a nice start to their their year. They're eight and two. Northwestern is seven and two. Uh, they are in there at ninth. Maryland and Minnesota. Minnesota gets jumped up from last week because I mean they just they keep winning these games. Their only losses to is to Michigan State at this point. Their strength of schedule is poop at the moment. Um, and then they're probably just about as strong as, as Maryland is, and they've gone through some turmoil, and they've played a little bit tougher schedule. Um, and then the final tier is Penn State, Rutgers, Nebraska. Nebraska is like far and away the worst at this point. How has Maryland kind of responded post uh, moving on from Mark Turgeon? When did that happen? I want to say it happened shortly after the loss to like Louisville or something. Yeah. Um, they beat Florida on a neutral floor this past weekend. Which is a good win for them. They'll have two more non-conference games, and then they they start off conference play. It'll still be like I, that's probably a team that we're talking about that's going to be near or around. Excuse me, around the bubble. Okay, so they're they're still going to be because they, they basically... we're, we're talking about we're talking about eight to ten teams in the tournament still here. Really? Yeah, that deep. Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a good it's a good conference. So for sure. For sure, Purdue. For sure, Ohio State. For yep. sure, Michigan State. Yep. For sure, Wisconsin. Yep. For sure, um, Illinois and Michigan. I Illinois, think. Michigan has been really up and down. Yeah, but they're they're just too talented to not kind of get better. You know what I mean? Yeah, but they also got smoked by Minnesota. I mean, like I, that was weird. I well, and so they they've had two conference games, so you can't make too much of it. They destroyed Nebraska. Okay, whatever. Get smoked by Minnesota. They it either just sort of feels like they're on or they're not. Yeah. And then the given night that they're playing, it, I, it's not like they have bad losses. It's Seton Hall, it's Arizona, it's North Carolina. But that Minnesota game, kind of you know at home, like that was kind of surprising. I would say that there's five for sh- like pretty much locks for the NCAA. So Wisconsin, tournament. Illinois, Michigan State, Purdue, and uh, Ohio, Ohio State. State. Yes. Who, and, and then so after that, like like teams that I think that probably Michigan, will end up making it are Michigan, Iowa, Indiana, um, and then Maryland could be right around the range. Northwestern maybe could be right around the range. Minnesota, if they keep going, potentially. I don't know that I see that from them this year, but they've had a nice start, um, and that's probably about it. So possibility of of up to ten, I think. Iowa is really interesting because their schedule was bad until yeah. they basically they had this stretch of Virginia, Purdue, Illinois, Iowa. It State. is it is the most I said this last week, but it's the most possible Fran McCaffrey type of team that you could have where they they're sort of reloading from their wave that they've had over the last couple of years. So they're reloading from it, so they're going to be really quite good on offense and pretty horrendous on defense. They're going to need yeah. a lot of Big Ten wins to make up for their non-con. Yeah. Because, they're I mean, their non-con is like Long Island, Kansas City, North Carolina Central University, Alcorn State, Western Michigan, Presbyterian, Virginia, which in the ACC Challenge, Utah State, Iowa State, 
Portland, Southeastern Louisiana, yeah. and then uh, Big Ten Killers, Western Illinois. Yep. That's a, that is a Kansas State Bill Snyder special right there. They're on watch now because they got drilled by Iowa State mm-hmm. last weekend or earlier this week. Was that Monday or Sunday? They lost 73-53. Oh, yeah. It was, no, it was last Thursday. Um, and uh, so they're kind of on watch now. Yeah. But I think they're a pretty solid team who should maybe be able to scratch out, you know, eight or ten in the league. Well, and if the conference is as deep as we yeah. think it is, if you get nine – if you're nine and 11 and you have a bunch of non-conference wins – your resume is probably going to get. You. I'd say the target number for those middle group teams is if you can get to if you can get to five hundred in the league, you let it fly from there. You're probably going to be in in pretty good shape. If you're below it, you're at a little bit at the mercy of what else is going on around you. Um, Iowa's probably going to be in that category, but they're going to be pretty dang good on offense. As yeah. as you know, but as we've seen at Nebraska, and as we've talked about at Nebraska. If you are relying so heavily on your offense to be good for you every single night, there are going to be some nights where you're just going to not have it. Yeah. So that'll happen for Iowa as well, as they do. And maybe one of them will come against Nebraska, and Nebraska could have their one moment of joy this year. Well, hopefully they get more than one moment of joy. I mean, Nebraska, from an analytics perspective, is uh, – I, I was just planning on one. I was just hoping to get one, and then we'll move on to the next one. Okay, one, m- one moment of joy. From an analytics perspective, um, they're pretty far removed from the rest of the league as far as what they look like on paper right now. It's, I mean, they're second to last in the league in adjusted offense. They are last in the league in adjusted defense. They don't have any quality wins. I mean, it it, it couldn't look much worse for a Big Ten team on paper right now. <laughs> it's It's pretty bad. So I, I know we talk about that daily here and, and how it's not great, but it's I like to put it in perspective with the rest of the conference so you can kind of have that context with you. Um, and it doesn't look be- much better from that perspective yeah. either. Not great. All right, 402-464-5685, the Hot of Lincoln Hotline and the Sarder Hammond text line, they're both open for you. Coming up next, we'll talk to Max Olson of The Athletic. We have people – Opting out of bowl games yet again. So let's have the annual conversation. Do we like it? Do we care for it? What is the purpose of it? Um, We'll have that. And as the coaching carousel kind of wraps up as well, we'll preview bowl season a little bit with Max Olson next. Follow Connor and Mike on Twitter at Connor Happer at Mike J. Schaefer. You're listening to Happer and Schaefer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.